0: Listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven Websites, and is brought to you by Jet Charge, Australia's leading experts in EV charging. Operating nationwide, Jet Charge helps maximise the use of renewable energy and is paving the way for our electric future.
1: Hello, and welcome to this latest episode of podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of The Driven. And joining me today with this podcast is Mark Bailey, the Transport Minister, former Energy Minister, but now Transport Minister uh, for the State of Queensland. Uh, Minister, very much for joining this podcast.
0: A pleasure. Thanks, Giles.
1: Queensland has just in the last week or so announced um, rebates for the purchase of new electric vehicles. Why have you introduced this now?
0: Well, look, we want to see uh, the decarbonisation of our transport sector and uh, as a necessary early stage, in that is to get electric vehicle models out into the marketplace. Uh, What we see here is a total failure of the Morrison government, the federal government, uh, to play this role, which most national governments in developed countries have done, not in Australia, so it's been left to the states to uh, get into this space which isn't optimal it's better much more efficient if the national government doesn't uh, but uh, this subsidy of about three thousand of three thousand dollars for uh, uh, new electric vehicles designed to get the units out into people's hands and uh, you know ultimately of course we want a second-hand electric vehicle market too but to be able to establish that for people to have a genuine choice when they buy a second-hand vehicle which most people will you need to get the new units out as quickly as you can and, and that's what we're uh, aiming to do here
1: Mm. What, what would you like the federal government to be doing? What, the should, what should they be doing?
0: Look, the federal government should be in this space and uh, you know, basically bringing the price point down because there's this gap between uh, the world automotive sector is gearing up hugely to produce EVs by the millions and uh, to some degree are already, but it'll be a few years until the economies of scale make their price point pretty similar to an old tech combustion engine. So... You know, for some people, it's still in the short term cheaper to buy the old tech, but that means we lock in the emissions from that car uh, happening for the next, you know, however long period that they own the car. Whereas uh, if we can make the electric vehicles more affordable uh, and get people to make the choice to go for the new technology uh, that doesn't emit, then that's the path uh, to, to acting on climate change, reducing our emissions in the transport sector. And the sooner we do it, the better.
1: Yeah. Well, should they have like a vehicle emission standard? Because that's what a lot of the industry people say should be needed, particularly the international um, car makers saying if there was a vehicle emission standard in Australia, then they'd probably be more likely to sort of open up um, and and direct more cars to this market because right now they're not directing very many at all.
0: Well, I I certainly think that's something worth looking at. We we haven't learned the lesson from uh, other regions and other countries where there's much uh, stronger measures in place, not just for, uh, you know the new zero emission uh, vehicles but also uh, the vehicles that uh, still are using fuel uh, much higher standards in Europe uh, the Morrison government hasn't moved on this at all and we're now sort of at the risk of them leaping a number of stages to Euro 7 while we're still quite quite a few stages back so it's an area that there's been disinterest from Australia which you know, is symptomatic of a government that's been disinterested in, in listening to and acting on the science of climate change.
1: Mm. You, um, um, the, the Queensland government has chosen a cut-off price of $58,000 um, for its rebates. Um, other states around $68,000, so it give and take a few dollars. Why should you go lower than the other states?
0: Well, we thought, uh, you know, if you, certainly Teslas are moving pretty quickly out there. There's uh, I see quite a few of them on the road. Uh, they are certainly ser- selling well without subsidy. Uh, and they're, you know, down to that low sort of 60s uh, price back bracket now. Uh, we made the judgment that uh, we don't think that they need a subsidy, but the, the, the models that are a bit cheaper probably do. And, uh, you know, the cheaper the models that, that move more quickly because of the subsidy – um, the more affordable they'll be in 18 months time, two years' time when uh, people maybe uh, sell them and other people buy them secondhand. And of course, we're also bumping up uh, the government commitment uh, to zero emission vehicles because governments of course are really key to establishing uh, a secondhand electric vehicle market because governments flip vehicles after you know about 18 months or so uh, to maximize the resale value and uh you know that kind of commitment we do that more than two thousand vehicles uh, a year in queensland and if we can move towards getting a lot more of those to be electric and uh, zero emission then that will massively help the second-hand ev market form uh, and give people uh you know who can't afford uh, a new car and that's the majority of people uh, access to the new technology as well
1: mm. Has any of the um, car makers that have cars, um, electric vehicles within the price bracket bracket that you've included in the rebates, have they signalled to you yet whether that's going to be an incentive to them to bring more cars um, uh, to the showrooms in Queensland?
0: Look, we're in the process of talking to them, and I'm sure they will have uh, seen our announcement and be considering it, but we certainly do want to see a lot more models offered in Australia because of the lack of leadership at a national level Uh, you know and and we are a small car market let's face it you know with 25 million people uh, on the edge of Asia where there's 3 billion people and Europe you know with uh, you know probably 600-700 million people we are a small market and we've been putting out you know negative signals we haven't been prioritized by car makers so we don't have the sort of model choice you'd get in the UK or Europe or the US and so that's also been a dampener on People purchasing vehicles because they're literally just they just don't have as much choice out there for their needs. So we certainly hope that this subsidy, now that we'll have a major subsidy in, in most in all of the eastern seaboard states, that that'll give a, a stronger signal out to car makers that we uh, we do want uh, firstly uh, more models, but also uh, you know in terms of Queensland, more models below the fifty eight thousand uh, price bracket would be fantastic
1: now I understand that um, you've actually made the transition yourself to an electric car um, as part of your sort of ministerial package you've chosen a Tesla model three is that right
0: yeah look that's right uh, I my um, my work car come up for uh, you know uh, changing uh, probably about eight uh, nine or ten months ago and uh, you know the current choice under the framework was you know another uh, hybrid uh, I used to have a Camry hybrid or or a diesel and I just said well I don't I don't want either. I'm the Minister for Transport. I want a zero emission vehicle. And we had the discussion internally about it, so the the state Palaszczuk government changed its policy to allow ministers to purchase zero emission vehicles. And uh, I'm happy to say I have a Tesla 3, so does the Energy Minister and so does the Environment Minister because we all want to be personally uh, consistent with the values that we have about acting on climate change and uh, reducing emissions.
1: So you, in fact, you were the first um, minister to actually have, have the electric car under the ministerial packages.
0: I think that a bunch of them arrived at a very similar time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, look, they're fantastic. You know, it's once you, once you have one, there's no going back. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're just better. Aside from that, being better on the environment, they're just better technology. And uh, while well, this is a work car, so I don't necessarily have the, the costs that a privately owned vehicle would be. Um, of course the servicing is much uh, much lower a uh, lot less moving parts uh, and if you 've got solar p v at home uh you you 're basically be able to charge it off the sunshine it 's awesome <laughs> and you get to take it home or
1: is it sort of um, is it just strictly for work or you get it you, you get to take you get to take it home and uh, and uh ruin your weekend as the uh, federal government would say <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um no look i 'm entitled uh, under work to use it on the weekends and uh, i I tend to you know it 's uh uh, it's, a, it's a good great car to drive uh, it's, it's got zero emissions um, so uh, I do have an old tech car but it, it doesn't get used too much uh, at the moment so uh, it's probably going to uh, get on sold at this stage
1: <laughs> and um, you mentioned three ministers yourself the energy minister environment minister am I right in thinking there's actually four ministers that actually have model threes or is, was was I mistaken <laughs>
0: Look, I think it's three at this stage, but I think also a range of ministers have hybrids as well. So uh, our fleet's certainly getting uh, get, getting greener as we go.
1: Okay. And is there any intention for all ministers to go electric over some point in time?
0: Oh, look, we'll certainly be increasing the number of uh, uh, zero and low emission vehicles uh, in the government fleet, no doubt about it. And uh, uh, I can assure you I, uh, I talk it up and extol it to uh, all my colleagues uh, about how good they are, and uh, I'm sure we'll see more coming into the fleet, Giles.
1: Yeah. Now, um, have you taken away on weekends? Uh, how are you finding the uh, charging infrastructure in Queensland? I mean, uh, Queensland's made quite a big deal about sort of establishing its electric superhighway, the sort of the longest of its type mm-hmm. in the world from, from Brisbane to up north. Um, now I think you're trying to fill in the gaps uh, further inland, aren't
0: you? Yeah, we are. Uh, what we'll see with stage three of the electric vehicle superhighway in Queensland is a whole lot of western destinations uh, open up uh, this year. We announced in the budget June last year that we'd be we'd be doing them, and uh, you know it takes sort of nine to twelve months to do all the uh, the planning approvals and uh, you know getting all the the technical sides of it together. But we'll see a whole series of new electric vehicle charges, places like you know Barkholden, Longreach. Blackhall, um, you know uh, Mount Isa, places like that, so that that Western economy uh, is plugged into in terms of new technology. And um, you know, when I've used it uh, on long longer distances, so I've taken the three up to Mariborough and back. Uh, it's got about a 420k range, uh, not quite enough to do the whole trip without recharging. So we'll we'll do a stop on the way up or on the way back, usually at Gimpy. Um, there's a couple of Tesla superchargers there that we were, kind of, we were kind of surprised. We put it on, went to go and have dinner, and but b- you can um, track it on the app, of course. And it was going so fast, we end up having to go and move it before the meal arrived. So uh, they're pretty good. And um, when I've used it on uh, on leave, uh, on the Gold Coast, it's pretty easy. There's uh, plenty of charges around Broadbeach. And uh, we just plug in there near Currawa Surf Club and, uh, you know, 30, 30 minutes uh, away you go. So yeah it's pretty easy to to work it out and um, to hook it up and uh, usually go for a coffee or a bite to eat if uh, you know at the same time.
1: What's the sort of predictions you can make for the uptake of electric vehicles um in Queensland and maybe even for Australia? I mean, right now a lot of people are thinking about them, and that's because the petrol and the diesel prices are just shooting through the roof. It's over two dollars a litre, two dollars twenty, sometimes you have two dollars forty. I'm not too sure yeah. whether they've moderated in the last couple of days, because like you, I drive an electric car, so I don't really notice these things. Um that's driving yeah. a lot of short term interest, but just sort of over the medium to long term, what do you think's going to happen? Um, as you say, once You've driven an electric car, you don't really want to go back. I mean, there'll always be some people who want their um, petrol and diesel cars, of course, but, um, yeah, what's what's your predictions?
0: Well, look, I think it's only going to accelerate. Uh, It's off a low base, uh, and I think the level of knowledge and interest from the community is at an all-time high. I think a lot of people understand what it is and what it can do and uh, are very much... uh, you know, looking at it as uh, as their next purchase. Uh, 132% increase in electric vehicles in one year in Queensland. So we went from about three and a half to about, uh, you know, just over eight. Uh, and, you know, I think exponentially that will continue. Um, and I think the more people have them and the more they talk about them and are really happy with them with their neighbours and their friends and their workmates, it, I think it'll just, it'll spread pretty quickly. And, um, you know, pe- the whole petrol price cycle, it is incredibly frustrating for people. But, you know, not only having to go to the survey to get your milk and your bread if you've forgotten them is, is actually quite liberating. And uh, I think uh, once, once, you ha- once you drive them, there's you know, no going back. I, when I started driving the hybrid, it was a bit weird. You know, at first you're so used to all of those sorts of things in a combustion engine. But, you know, it's like anything, after three, four weeks, you get very used to it, and um, and that becomes the norm. And uh, so, look, I, I think this is the future. Uh, we're seeing big inroads with electric buses now in um, the southeast Queensland market, and uh, increasingly elsewhere. Uh, and I think it'll only accelerate further and further. And of course, the resale value, Giles, is something people need to think about too. Even if it's a little cheaper at the moment to buy the uh, combustion engine vehicle, people got to think about. What's this value going to be like in five years, ten years' time? When the majority of cars being sold are electrics, um, they'll probably lose their value a lot faster. So, I think there's a whole lot of other things people have got to consider um, that uh, you know when when they're looking at a purchase.
1: Yeah, well, the total, total cost of ownership is definitely one, and it's probably already um, making it um, cheaper for people, um, for rental companies or for fleets, um, because, you know, they have got that sort of, you know, two or three year ownership. So um, that sort of figures. In fact, I've just been looking at a media release before we got onto this um, recording, and um, it's a, um, something from uh, Lloyd's auctions who are pointing out that recent um second-hand prices for evs are actually higher than their initial sales price <laughs> so, but i right. think there's probably yep. something strange happening in the second-hand market anyway but um yeah now look what about um hydrogen fuel cells now you guys um the government's actually sort of funded um a couple of refueling stations around um queensland most recently there's a project by Energy to put in some solar uh, next to the Copen Creek Power Station, put a hydrogen electrolyzer there, a hydrogen refuelling station. Do you see that sort of limited just to sort of heavy um, trucks and fleets and other sort of heavy-duty vehicles, or do you think that it might actually be a bit of an uptake for for passenger cars as well?
0: Uh, yeah, look, I think on the whole that's true. I think we've got we've got about five hydrogen light vehicles that we're trialling in the Queensland government fleet to uh to assess them and see how they see how they are uh it does tend to be better suited to the the bigger production uh needs you know like trains and uh, heavier vehicles uh at this point uh, but you know it's potentially is absolutely huge so you know arise on uh, run a lot of our freight uh, rail network uh, seriously looking at uh hydrogen powered trains rather than diesel i think that would be a massive improvement and um for a country that's our size, with you know the scale of how spread out we are, and and uh, the rail network so dispersed, uh, that can't be underestimated in terms of what a transition there would do in terms of reducing emissions, um, and uh, and also for buses as well. So while this electric technology is maturing quite well, um, there is still potential for hydrogen uh, going forward to uh, you know potentially leapfrog it. We'll have to just sort of see how it develops, but. You know, when you've got people like Twiggy Forrest uh, investing heavily uh, in Gladstone and Queensland on ele- for an electrolyzer and getting into this market, uh, you know, he's he's no fringe player. He's very much a mainstream uh, and and big operator. And I think that's a, a real sign of uh, where the market is moving. They, this new technology is better and there's money to be made, but it's also what we want to see as a part of the the climate solution too.
1: You're a former minister for energy and now minister for transport. Um, electric vehicles are going to become sort of dominant at some stage. It could be the next five years, but certainly by the end of the decade, a significant amount of cars on the road that has implications for the operations of the grid. Um, one, the timing for charging the car, loading electricity from the grid, but also the potential to act as sort of kind of storage on wheels and to sort of put services and energy back into the grid. How are you sort of thinking about mm. that at this stage?
0: Yeah, look, we're working closely with the uh, Energy Department around this and the Energy Minister, Mick DeBrenny. Uh, we absolutely have to get the tariffs right. Uh, we don't want it uh, exacerbating grid issues. We want it improving grid issues. And uh, we all know that the the peak of uh, the grid in that uh, you know early PM uh, period uh, is a period where we want... Uh, more power. We don't want more power being drawn out of the system. So we need tariffs that uh, tariff structure that takes that into account. I think we've got ample time to be able to get that right, and uh, we certainly are doing that in Queensland. Uh, and uh, you know, for people who've got uh, their own generators on their own rooftops at home, uh, of course, uh, they're already all over this. It's uh, uh, very helpful to be able to, to have your own generator at home, being your solid PV. So. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's, uh, the grid will be able to handle it. There would certainly increase load, um, but uh, I think the sources of it being more solar PV at home as well as more large-scale solar and wind uh, and to some degree hydro in some places. Uh, we've got 48 solar or wind farms uh, now either built or, uh, you know, financial close in Queensland after having none uh, only six or seven years ago. Um, there's a massive transformation about where uh, those electrons are coming from, and we'll only see that improve. We've got the best solar resources in the world here in Queensland. We've got a lot of space. Uh, we'll see a lot of those large-scale uh, renewable energy um, farms uh, expand going into the future. And
1: whereabouts are you doing most of your charging, sort of day to day? You sort of um, um, uh, plugging in at home on the weekends, maybe, or into the um, the parliamentary offices when you come to work.
0: Oh, look, it's mainly at work. We have charges at the Parliament uh, and also at, at 1 William Street, so it's pretty handy to just plug it in there uh, you know, while I'm at work. And that, that, I actually don't live that far. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm only sort of uh, uh, about 5k from the city, so uh, I don't really have uh, a very long journey to do each day. So uh, we just plug it in there and it's, uh, that, that's sufficient for us.
1: Right. and maybe one just for a final question um, one of the big issues that's coming up for sort of government, state governments and federal governments um, is going to be road user charges and the transition from a fuel excise scheme which will probably have no point to it when we eventually all go electric but um, is a significant source of revenue right now um, how is Queensland viewing this? There's some controversy when Victoria introduced their road user tax for electric vehicles already despite some people sort of saying well it's, it's really, really a little bit early in the transition to do that sort of um, mm. seems like more of a penalty to EVs. What's Queensland's position on it on the short term, and what's this long-term view about how this will evolve?
0: Yeah, look, the Queensland position, which I articulated um, very quickly after the I think the first announcement of South Australia, we're moving to a road user uh, charging model. Uh, look, I made it very clear that it was very much a premature move. What we need is for there to be clear momentum uh, in terms of electric vehicle sales in Australia, so that the the momentum and the commitment is inexorable. What we don't we don't need is uh, further signals that uh, are confusing that show that we're not committed to the transition. Uh, And they put further barriers up for people, um, you know, for people to think that, oh, well, maybe I should just stick with the old technology. Uh, So, you know, I think ultimately there there will need to be uh, some reform in this area because as fuel excise drops, as uh, old technology vehicles uh, make up less and less of new car sales, We'll start to see that impact revenue, and we will need that revenue to maintain our roads system and our you know public services. But at the moment, it's far too premature. So I do disagree respectfully with the Victorian uh, people on this. Uh, I notice New South Wales has kicked off their uh, Road users are charging to at least twenty twenty seven. Uh, I guess we'll see now what the new um, South Australian government's uh, approach to it will be I imagine there'll be a little while until they uh, get to it um, but I just think it's premature we, we we need the electric vehicle sales to be much much higher and for it to be uh, you know irreversible and and moving well uh, before we start uh, changing this uh, uh, Area because it's uh, it becomes a, a negative signal to people about the transition and that's that's unnecessary.
1: Mm. And have you got any long trips planned? Um, any long holidays coming up? And um, long sort of road trips and uh, in in your electric vehicle planned for the, sometime in the future?
0: Uh, look, we, we travel a fair bit for uh, being the minister for transport and main roads, and you know Queensland's a vast state, so uh, I tend to use it uh, in sort of uh, Harvey Bay, Meriborough, uh down to the sort of border toowoomba uh that sort of area uh beyond that we, we do tend to fly um just because you're dealing with pretty long distances so um nothing particularly planned at this stage but uh i did drive it a lot as the rain was coming down in large amounts uh leading up to the floods and uh it didn't miss a beat it was fantastic because it's got a low center of gravity uh and plenty of power uh you know going through rain etc uh pretty extreme weather events it didn't miss a beat couldn't couldn't speak more highly of it and uh i i love driving it i have to say good on
1: you okay well look thanks very much um, mark bailey for joining the driven podcast
0: a pleasure thanks for having me the driven podcast was brought to you by jet charge australia's leading experts in ev charging Operating nationwide, JetCharge helps businesses and drivers find cost-effective ways to charge their EVs. From home charges, to vehicle to grid integration, to the largest EV charging projects in the country, JetCharge are paving the way for our electric future.